You made it. You've arrived. This is Peter Levitan's Advertising Stories. And you're about to hear entertaining, personal, often instructive stories from deep inside the world of advertising. Hi, welcome to Advertising Stories. Today I'm going to talk about a sad story, a quick sad story, and a longer good story. So let's talk about conversion rate optimization. That means, well, let me tell you a story. I go on Google, I want to buy a bathing suit, like a cool kind of Hawaiian bathing suit. I find a shop, I go to the shop, I search around, I find one, two, three bathing suits, I put them in the shopping cart, and then I bail. I don't buy. This happens every day thousands, if not millions of times a day. Again, a little bad before the good. According to The Good, a conversion rate optimization expert consultancy, 98% of your website visitors won't buy from you. Won't buy. They'll visit, they'll shop, they'll put stuff in the cart, and then they won't buy. Today I'm going to talk to John McDonald who is the president and founder of The Good, and he's going to talk about some of the reasons why people bail. Some of the reasons are so simple. They don't like getting surprised at shipping costs. And then they ask, what are handling costs? And then they see that little box that says, put in the coupon code. Well, maybe they don't have a coupon code. And then they feel bad, and they feel so bad they leave. So let's get ready and hear some of the good stuff. John McDonald. Where are you today? I am in the lovely city of Portland, Oregon. Yes. Well, we won't. Uh, <laughs> we won't talk. You know, my my thinking about Portland is generally related to beer, wine, marijuana, tattoos. Um, All good things. Yeah. So we won't talk about Portland today. We'll just we'll keep my memory squared away. You are the boss man at. I don't know. Do we call it an agency called The Good? What do you call it? I generally call it a, a consulting firm more than anything else. That's good. And what does the good do? We are a conversion rate optimization firm. We help brands to convert more of their traditionally e-commerce visitors into customers. So this is kind of like when I look at my stats for my advertising agency consultancy blog and I see that, and I have very good numbers. I see that I'll pick a crazy number, you know, 200 people visited yesterday. And no one calls me up and says, I want to hire you right now. That would be a uh, conversion failure. Would you agree? I would agree. Zero percent is not a very good conversion rate. <laughs> well, today <laughs> or these days, I blame the virus. Uh, uh, it's, believe me, it's not that bad, but I do, I do blame the virus. So we'll get past that. Um, here's what I was thinking. You, you are, without question, an e-commerce expert. And if I have it right, you've been doing this 10 years, 20 years, 40 oh. years? How, how <laughs> well, considering I'm 39, that'd be a miracle. Yeah, it, I've been doing this 11 years as part of the good and uh, had been doing it with agencies, traditional agencies prior. Okay. Well, we will get to conversion rate optimization, uh, which sounds magical, but in reality, it's really the bottom line of e-commerce. But I'd like to start with a quick story and ask you your opinion. 
Um, this is great thing, if you want to call it great, depends on your perspective, that's happening on TikTok. So two months ago when Trump was about to speak in Oklahoma, TikTok people bought up a lot of tickets, which I thought was, whether you're a Trump fan or not, doesn't matter. I just thought it was an interesting use of TikTok. And then a couple of weeks ago, I saw on TikTok people saying that they were going to Donald Trump's store and loading up a shopping cart and then abandoning it. Does that work? Can you, um, I don't know, I guess it's some denial of service. Can you screw up someone's shopping cart by just loading up Trump hats and never hitting buy? Well, it really depends on on what system they're using. Uh, from a, a general standpoint, no, it's not going to do a whole lot other than really just muck up their stats more than anything else, right? The product itself isn't going to get shipped until you complete the order. And on top of that, very, very few e-commerce systems actually reserve an item, if you will, like pull it off the shelf, the virtual shelf, and if they put it in your cart. Because too many people use the cart as a means of a wish list. And so you really, as an e-commerce company, you, you can't afford to do that because then you'd have so many out-of-stock products and perhaps, uh, or at least really kill your, your ability to sell. So this was a TikTok fail. Well, you know, I think that the, maybe their heart's in the right place if they're trying to be activists. <laughs> and I think they just don't understand the underpinnings of e-commerce, which I wouldn't expect them to get down to that level. Um, but if nothing else, it's screwing with, uh, with Trump's uh, data. If I was looking at their data, I would say, man, your card abandonment rate is through the roof. What's going on here? Right. Which means that Trump might be a great uh, client for you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's put it this way. I spoke at a event at Google uh, 18 months ago now, back when you know you could actually attend events and speak at them. And it was really interesting because the gentleman who runs that e-commerce store for Trump was at the event. And this was an event in Manhattan. And he came up to me and he said, hey, I would love to work with you, but you're from Portland. And I, I don't think your team wants to work with us. <laughs> and I said, well... You know, we try to leave politics out of this. So we have, you know, everything from sexual wellness products to, you know, all over the place. And, and our team is generally okay with it. Uh, I said, if you're really interested, let me know. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll leave politics out of this. We'll see what, what happens. And uh, he sent me a couple emails just trying to stay in touch, but never did actually want to work together. I think he was scared the team here, you know, just because of our location, would uh would hurt more than harm which you know obviously we wouldn't but i thought that was interesting so you obviously have i'm sure dozens and dozens of uh, uh <laughs> of conversion rate optimization um competitors in alabama i'm, I'm sure if not 50 he's probably working with one of them or <laughs> or, or people in oklahoma so all right fine you don't have to deal with that i'll send yeah, you yeah. biden uh, he's going to call. Go. Biden's calling me later. I'll I'll mention you. All right. Here's where I want to go. Let's. Uh, I was saying about this earlier. Let's say I invented a new sneaker, or if I was in England, it would be called a trainer, and it's made out of hemp. And I so I woke up one day. I said, I've got these. I've figured out production. I've got essentially got my shipping down. What platform would I build an e-commerce business on these days? I think there's clearly only one choice, and that's probably Shopify. Okay. 
The reason being the app ecosystem with Shopify, just that ecosystem is far greater than any other ecosystem. It's kind of like if you're going to have a blog, you're going to use WordPress, right? Because of the ecosystem, there's so many plugins, there's so many great developers. They've made it pretty trivial to build a site on Shopify. And in addition to that, there's just so much support out there where if you use a lot of other platforms, you're just going to have problems. Plus, it's, it truly is software as a service. So you don't have to worry about servers. You don't have to worry about any of that type of mess. And you can just plug stuff in and have your store up and running. So it's like WordPress in that you have your URL, you own that, you have your brand name, you have your look and feel, but you're using their backend, their cart, and whatever, whatever other tools I might need to get someone from, gee, uh, hemp sneakers, cool, to I've just bought three pairs. And, and right. they're, they're everywhere in the middle? They have, well, where they aren't, I will say that they have apps that you can plug in for cheap or free. Uh, I think the average Shopify store is running, I saw somewhere uh, almost 20 apps at any given time on their site. And they handle everything from shipping automation and fulfillment to calculating taxes appropriately to determining uh, you know, discounts or affiliates. Uh, there's a whole bunch of, of the apps on there. I mean, there's, there's hundreds of thousands of apps. And uh, they all serve a very discrete purpose. And the problem, the, the nice thing is you don't have to build any of that yourself. You just plug and play, search the app store, find what you need and, and, and get in. Um, and if you're just starting out, it's even better because you don't have to worry about all that mess. You just find someone else to solve it for you. You just find it and use it. So looking at Shopify, which is a Canadian company, I, was, <laughs> I looked at their stock price in January, which was, I'll use a round number, 400. And their stock price today, and I'll use another round number, 900. Uh, you're an expert in e-commerce. So I'd imagine you loaded up in Shopify stock. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. Uh, big Commerce is, is trying to go IPO, and that's the second one I would use. If there was another one I was going to use, it would be Big Commerce. And they're going to IPO. Now, they serve slightly different demographics. Uh, the, you know, and Big Commerce is one that I'll, I'll probably buy as well because they service the larger brands who need more customization than Shopify can give them. And they have really unique fulfillment things like uh, speaking of Portland, Powell's Books here in Portland, right? They have millions of books, but they also have thousands of SKUs for each book because they have thousands might be exaggerating, but they have dozens, right? Where they have the ebook, they have the used book, they have a used signed book, they have a new book, they have a hardcover, softcover, right? So they went with big commerce because they needed to be able to support you know, all of these millions of SKUs, it turns out to be for, for their book collection that they sell. Pals is possibly the only retail store I mourn for. And uh, I'll do quickie on, quickies on Pals, which you can still use as an as a, uh, online shopping site. But I, I went there once and my book on pitching was on the shelf as a used book. So I laughed which meant somebody bought the book and then went back to Pals and sold it to Pals so Pals could resell it. <laughs> and then also when I published the book, I took, I took a hard copy of the book and I went to the shelf that says the top 10 business books. 
and I put it at number three and I took a photo and I posted it and I got all these congratulations from people. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, you can manipulate uh, photographic data. What a surprise. Should I get an Instagram or I'm assuming it's coming a TikTok store as well? Well, I think that you- Or Facebook, right? I'm going to talk over you for a second. So Facebook and Instagram, let's just say those two. Okay. So starting out, no. You want to own all of your data and you want to get everyone to your site. Those are great platforms to advertise on and get traffic to your site. But when you're starting out, you really want to be selling and completing that purchase on your site so you own all the data. That's really important for building your list early on. And I think it's really necessary. All right. I hear that. Um, what about Amazon as a competitor or as a partner or a bad partner? <laughs> where, do they fit into the, <laughs> where do they fit into the equation? Well, I think that it's a great place to be found. A lot of people are using that as a shopping search engine now. That's, that's mainly what it's used for. I don't think it's a great place to sell if you're starting out for the same reason I wouldn't sell on Instagram or Facebook or any of those because you won't own the consumer data, right? You very, you're going to lose so much data that will help you understand how to better sell your product as you move forward. And that's what's going to be important here. You got to understand what resonates, what campaigns worked, et cetera. And if you, you just sell on Amazon, you're going to lose all of that. The other thing is you're only competing on price on Amazon. Uh, really hard to d- develop a brand and, and really tell the story of why hemp is best for shoes in your, in your case, right? So I really would not. Well, it's the only, it's the only shoe you can smoke, put it that way. <laughs> well, hemp probably wouldn't get you high, but hey, you know, right. we can all try. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, I'm hearing good stuff, which is basically build a brand, run your advertising, drive people to your store so you can under, uh, uh, study and understand your data, right? I'm assuming ads work, nothing wrong with paid media. I, I like it. Search engine optimiz- optimization is important. If you can find a hemp influencer, that would not be bad. So really basically marketing 101 to get people to hear about, even PR, strangely enough, uh, to hear about mm-hmm. your brand, right? Exactly. You got to drive traffic. So you're going to have to do something to drive traffic, whether you try to do that through an earned or paid channel. But you have, you know, we're not experts on driving traffic here at The Good. We're experts on converting it once they get to your site. But it does surprise me how many brands we work with that how much they spend to drive traffic to their site. It's, it can be astronomical at times. All right. So here's a bad number. And this is uh, something you guys say. 98% of website visitors will not buy from you today. Can you help me understand why someone will not buy from me today after I've, I've spent all this money and PR and so forth to get somebody to want hemp sneakers? Well, I think people are only at your e-commerce site for two reasons. The first is to understand if your product or service can solve their pain or their need. And if they determine it can, they want to convert as quickly and easily as possible. The challenge is vast majority of brands focus on the wrong things. They focus on continuing to market to a consumer who has already gotten, their marketing is one. It's already gotten them to their site. You don't need to market to people on your site. Once they're there, it's time to start selling to them. So get out of their way and help them convert. And, and I think most brands don't take the point of view and this is incorrect in my point of view, that 
your goals of a brand and the consumer's goals are actually aligned. They, you both want to convert as quickly and easily as possible. And so, you know, getting out of the way and letting the consumer do that will, will help you in the long run. I am with you. So now we're going to get to the, it's, I don't know whether it's the bottom or the top of the funnel. I mean, after years, I've still <laughs> I've never figured out <laughs> the bottom or the top. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do a pay-per-click campaign soon. And my friends who are doing this for me for free in the PPC business uh, said to me the other day, well, I think we should start at the bottom of the funnel. And I'm like, I'm spacing out going top, bottom, you know, <laughs> I'm going to say I'm a marketing <laughs> expert and I still haven't figured this shit out, but we'll put that to the side. Okay. So people go... They say, I want hemp sneakers. They get into the cart, and then for some reason, they don't convert. So now tell me, what, uh, why not, and what can somebody do about it? And I realize that this is hours normally that you <laughs> will uh, talk to a client about how they can test and understand what works and doesn't work. But why are people not, once they get it in the cart, why are they not going, yeah, I want it right now? A quick word from our sponsor. By the way, speaking of right now, as in buying from that shopping cart, we would like you to subscribe to Advertising Stories. Just consider it a podcast conversion. I'll tell you what new episodes are coming up on Advertising Stories at the end of this show. Okay, now back to our CRO program. So once somebody gets to a cart, then their expectations aren't getting met. What do I mean by that? Well, they maybe get into the cart and find that there's a big shipping charge they were not expecting. And so now they're like, oh man, I was, ex- I was expecting to pay a hundred bucks for Peter's shoes, but now it's 120 with shipping. And I don't know if I really want to spend that. I wasn't expecting that. So usually there's something along the lines like that that happens, surprises that come up. Handling fees are the worst. Whenever I see a brand do a handling fee, I'm like, what does a handling fee even mean? Like, this isn't the 80s TV commercials, you know, in, at, at two in the morning, like shipping and handling. You know, nobody wants to pay that. So just eliminate shipping costs, bake it into your price if you have to. Uh, the, the second thing is a coupon code. What do I mean by that? Well, the worst is that a lot of e com sites will have a field that say coupon or discount code, and they'll have the field expanded and open so that it's just a blank field sitting there usually with a button next to it says something like apply or something like that the problem is that when a consumer sees that open field and they're filling out all the other open fields with their information and checkout etc and they get to this blank one that says coupon code then they say oh i don't have a coupon code i must not be getting the best deal Now they leave, they go to Google, they start searching for your site and discount code or your site and coupon code. And they kind of end up on all these shopping discount code sites and they're coming back and they're trying a few that don't work anymore or never did work to begin with. And, you know, it just creates a whole bunch of, of pain for the consumer. And I wholeheartedly believe that discounting is not optimization. Pure discounting, a dollar or percentage off, is really just margin drain. There's no other way to look at this. And once you get a discount customer, they're forever discount customer and they're never going to want to pay retail price again. Well, that is uh, as simple as it sounds and it sounds like marketing 101, but it is the truth. 
And I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, once I, well, we know this has happened in bricks and mortar retail. People are now used to, well, where's the deal? I'm only shopping on the day that there's a discount. Uh, what's it, you know, the, the wholesale kinds of stores that exist mm-hmm. in Portland um, that becomes addictive. I mean, why, why go to the big store when you go to the little one and get stuff on sale? So that happens online. I'm going to lump this stuff into something I'm, I just invented called the space out, right? I go, I want hemp sneakers. I look at the pretty pictures. I say, I want this. I need size 10. I put it in the cart. And then shit happens that spaces me out. And, and I agree with you on the coupon. So uh, let, me, let me sort of funnel this into essentially a last question. You have a business. You make money. You counsel big brands on how to sell things. Why don't they get some of these things that are relatively simple? You know, it's sort of answering the question before it's asked kind of approach to mm-hmm. marketing. What's, right. what's wrong here? Why do you have a business? It is really hard to read the label from inside the jar. These brands are way too close to their own site. And they don't understand what a new to file customer, somebody they ran an ad for and just clicked on their ad and ended up on their site. They, they don't understand their point of view. They're not watching you know, what these folks are doing on their site. They're not paying attention to the data. And it really all is about helping consumers to complete the tasks they want to complete on your site, getting out of their way, and understanding what actions they're taking and using data to make decisions about what should be changed on your site. But think about this. If you're an e-com site and you're on the, the brand team or any, you know, you know what products you sell. You could probably describe all those products. You know how the products are organized. And so when you go and you set out to make a navigation on your site, you're doing it in a method that you feel is best, but that doesn't necessarily make it best for consumers. And you're just too close to your site and your products to truly understand what somebody who has never been there before is thinking. And I think a lot of business owners struggle with this. I mean, how many times have you been to a website for any type of product or service and you're like, what the hell are these people selling? I can't figure this out. (laughs) Well, I will agree with you and uh, uh, funnel, this is my word of the day, funnel it to me because, you know, this is my podcast and I can do whatever the hell I want on it. Uh, My funnel, and I agree with you, is not being able to read the label from inside, is that um, I work with advertising agencies and I'm going to end with a point about your website. I work with advertising agencies and they have no clue, many, I'm not going to say everybody, many have no clue about when somebody visits, how to get them to raise, raise their hand and say, I'm interested in talking to you, uh, join an email list, answer some questions, do something, some form of action, which is ultimately what the agency wants in the first place. I don't think they just want people sitting around going, oh, that's a nice website, uh, but that's a fail, right? So I'm going to compliment you. You guys have tools on your website. You actually ask, here, I'll keep it simple. You ask for the order. You say, would you like us to do an audit? And by the time I've read a couple of things, in particular, you know, your main message, which is people bail from shopping carts, I do want you to tell me what's wrong with mine. So I congratulate you. Thank you. You conversion rate optimize, which, <laughs> you know, for a company uh, to say that they do something and to do it for themselves is, is pretty right on. Well, I- 
appreciate that. I, it's, it's a labor of love for us and something where we're always collecting new user data and um, really paying attention to, to what people outside the jar are, are doing on our site. And that's the only way to, to really have a site that's effective in the long term. Very cool. Well, thank you, John. I wish you uh, all the luck in your future conversions. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Take it easy. That was John McDonald of The Good. Check out the show notes for links. Coming up, two shows about African-American advertising. I'm talking to one of the leaders in that industry. First show is about the agency and what they do. And believe me, they do something very interesting. The second show is about the amazing lack of diversity in the marketing and advertising worlds. It's, I mean, the stats are nuts. Thanks to my production crew, and uh, I hope to see you all soon. Come on by.